0: Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Lisa Latimer. Self-healing from over a decade of toxic relationships, which left her with crippling insecurities and fear of failure, Lisa Latimer helps women fearlessly create fulfillment in life by increasing their self-awareness to step into their power. Lisa knows firsthand that with strong roots in self-awareness, the words and actions of others can't knock us off our journey. You know what I think is one of the most painful types of betrayal? Self-betrayal. My next guest, Lisa Latimer, is going to be talking about the connection between betrayal and self-betrayal and how self-awareness can help you heal. Here's Lisa. Okay, everybody, you're in for a big treat. We have Lisa Latimer with us, and we're talking about Betrayal and self awareness. You know, so often we talk about betrayal of a family member, partner, friend, coworker, self. Well, we're diving in deeply to the self piece. So, welcome, Lisa.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Debbie.
0: Glad you're here. Glad you're here. So, what do you mean by self awareness? Let's just start there.
1: Yeah, so when I talk about self-awareness, I mean getting to the core of who you really are, and that's minus all of the background noise, whether it's coming from friends, family, coworkers, social media, just when, when you boil everything down, it comes down to you. So who are you at your core? What drives you? What are your motivations? What are your beliefs? Um, You know, what makes you excited? What, What can't you stand doing even for two seconds? You know, the good, the bad, and everything in between of who you are. Knowing it, accepting it, allowing yourself to be a work in progress, but also being able to love and respect yourself for who you are now
0: in spite of whatever it is that you're trying to work on. So how would self-awareness then be affected if you've been betrayed? Oh, in so
1: many ways. And you mentioned that often we talk about betrayal as in terms of family or friends or significant other. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times betrayal, you know, it is the family or the significant other, or even in school that sets the stage. Those are kind of like a lot of times the first uh, encounters that we have with betrayal. And with self-awareness, we do a lot of reflective journaling and a lot of kind of looking back. A lot of times you get the message that going into your past, don't look that way because that's not the way that you're going, but you have to look that way because that's when you get to the roots of things like limiting beliefs and false truths and those patterns like um, you know, self-betrayal, where they started. If it started with someone else, how did you then internalize it and pick it up? And, you know, create your own patterns of self-betrayal and kind of run with that, you know, throughout your life.
0: So can you give us an example? Like, let's say someone was betrayed by their parent. Their Mm -hmm. parent, you know, did something horrible, awful, and this child has suffered and took it personally and uh, believed, took that experience and believed, let's say, they're not important. They don't matter, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. What, how does it show up? In their lives what do you see oh it could show
1: up in so many ways and it you know we're all individuals that's why i focus on self-awareness because you know this kind of one-size-fits-all solution that we're often sold it just doesn't work so one for one person it could manifest itself in their relationships maybe you're someone who's always going for the person that doesn't have time for you that doesn't prioritize you you know maybe you don't prioritize yourself You know, maybe you're someone that now, okay, you have a family, you have a husband or a wife, you're married, and you know, you find everything in the world to tackle other than the things that feel good
0: for you. You know know, what's interesting about that, it's it's mm -hmm. you know, think about it, we learn that and Mm -hmm. then it's not that it's good, it's just so familiar. So we take it on, whether whether it's we choose someone who, mm-hmm. who just is very similar to the person that we learn that from, or mm-hmm. we do it to ourselves. You know, and this reminds me of way back in the day when I was helping with weight loss. And, you know, let's say you had a bad day and mom gave you ice cream, and then you grow up and mm-hmm. you do the same thing. You know, you give right. yourself the ice cream. That's self so, soothing, yeah. Right, so it really seems like with the, you know, not giving yourself that time if you grew up feeling well i don't deserve that time you choose Mm -hmm. someone who does that to you as well or you do it to yourself
1: right right and it could also manifest itself in the workplace if you are constantly saying yes to everything and you're not being properly compensated, you know, you get to a point where you kind of allow yourself to be a doormat in different situations. And those situations can be in, they could span across every part of your life where you're just not comfortable demanding more, expecting more of yourself and others. And again, then that just continues to feed that pattern. Um, You know, the sooner you learn to create, even just initially starting small, healthy boundaries for others and for yourself, like people always talk about, okay, set the bar high for the day. You should also set a minimum for yourself every day. What is the minimum that I need in, in this aspect of my life and that aspect of my life? In order to feel fulfilled, it is just as important, especially if you're just starting out, because it could feel a little intimidating at first, to set minimums and then
0: work your way up from there. And boundaries can be so tough for so many people, and those boundaries were crossed, and we're so used to that. So, give us some examples of, you know, because it is, it, it can be really hard for some people to say, okay, you know what, the old me was horrible at boundaries, didn't set any boundaries, and this newly emerging, emerging version of me wants to set some boundaries. So in what ways would be like a great place to test that out with setting the bar kind of low? Right. So you want to kind
1: of be, use whatever degree of self-awareness that you do currently have, because if you set a bar, like, okay, I'm just, or like make a general goal, like, I'm just going to stop letting people walk all over me. I'm going to start being a, you know, a B-I-T-C-H, you know, that's so general. And it's just such a huge leap Outside of most of our comfort zone. So start small. So it might look something like, you know, setting a bar just for things that you could do for yourself initially. So, what do I need to do for myself? I need to get up and I need to take a shower every morning, I need to throw a little makeup on every morning. You know, I need to, we were just talking, I need to do a little roller set on my hair once a week to feel a little polished and feel like I'm stepping out, you know, as my best self. And then you can move on to expanding those boundaries and asking those of other people. Now, what boundaries do I feel comfortable setting for others? And it's in keeping those promises to yourself that then starts to change this switch in your head and create a new pattern where you're not just so focused on this pattern of self-sabotage and self-betrayal because now you're starting to keep promises to yourself, even if they're just little promises. And so when it comes to self-talk, because I'm huge on self-talk as well, now you're not just feeding that negative self-talk that says, oh, see, so you can't even keep promises to yourself. How are you going to ask other people to do the same? Mm-hmm. Now you're starting to build up that positive self-talk. Wow, this felt good today. Wow, I could do this. I can follow three ads. Follow through. I could be true to myself. Mm. And so now I could start
0: expecting others to do the same. You know, I like that because I'm always looking for the positive spin on something. And I like the idea of showing yourself some boundaries and some self love and self care. And then Mm. once you realize you could trust yourself and you've built that up within yourself, because maybe you never even did that before, then and from that space that you you, you can try setting those boundaries with others. So we're our own uh, practice you know our own practicing grounds here and then from there we can take it to the next level so how do you use self-awareness to to heal from betrayal
1: well you have to take it all the way back and like i said we're so often discouraged not to look at our past and some of us have some really difficult pasts um you know to look at but the the fact of the matter is is that we have to go back we we kind of practice this uh, this bandage, this surface healing. And all that ever does is, you know, you have a band-aid, a band-aid on something, you're going good, it's going smooth. And then all of a sudden that band-aid rips off, you know, something triggers you. And that wound is just gaping open all over again. So with self-awareness, you take it all the way back, you find the roots, the origins of those wounds, and you do what I like to call a more of a a a surgical fix to the problem. You really have to roll up your sleeves, get in there, face the unpleasant. And something that I actually find quite empowering is reframing. So you can go back to a situation that perhaps you felt like a victim or you felt betrayed, and you can look at it from a new perspective all this time later and say, you know what? This person hurt me. This person lashed out at me. I was the strong one in this situation. You know, if you were cheated on, it was that person's weakness and lack of discipline or self-control, not yours. So there's always a way to reframe the situation. Like you said, you're always looking for that positive outlook. And it will give you that positive outlook and completely flip the situation, so that now you're the one in control of it, rather than it being in
0: control of you. Mm-hmm. And and you know you mentioned earlier about really getting to the root of it. I'll never forget. I remember learning this from Harvecker. Uh, I was at one of his intensives years ago, and he was explaining how you know let's say you have an um, you you have a lemon tree, mm-hmm. and you grow lemons, but you don't like lemons. You want apples. So you take all of the lemons off the lemon tree and you go get a bushel of apples and you take them on and you're like, Oh, I have an apple tree, right? That's like the quick fix. And you think, Oh, problem solved. And then the next season rolls around the next time, you know, that tree has uh, bear's fruit. And what, what do you get? You get lemons because <laughs> it's a lemon tree. It's not an apple tree. And it's, it's really that, that question of if you, and I remember he said, if you want to change the fruits, Change the roots. And that's really that's where it awesome. begins. And, uh, and it stuck with me because it's so true. We expect this, um, this the big thing to change right. by handling something at the surface level, exactly. but the real work is underneath. It's
1: and, and it's dirty. You get your
0: hands dirty at the roots, right? But and if, I think what? most people are just, uh, they don't want to get uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, transformation is messy, sticky, you know, it's uncomfortable. And a lot of people just don't want to go there. And yeah. self-awareness takes uh, a level of, of uh, courage as well, because Absolutely. it may be hard to look at. You know?
1: Absolutely. But it is, you, you have to, again, you have to look at it like, I am worth it. This is for my benefit. And again, I am worth it. Let me embark on this journey. And let me, you know, let me set this bar where this is something that I'm going to do. A lot of times we expect people or we expect a certain degree of treatment from others that we're not willing to do for ourselves. So you have to do it for yourself first. If you can't take the little bit of unpleasantness that comes with, you know, something like personal growth and becoming more self-aware, then it's, it's going to be more difficult for you to expect others to go and leave their comfort zone to make you feel how you deserve to
0: feel. So you, you have to do it yourself first. So let's talk about truth and false truths, Mm -hmm. you know, so often we can live a whole lifetime based on something that wasn't even true, or we may have misinterpreted, you know, as we, we swore, that it was true. And, um, and I, I teach the difference between a belief and a fact, you know, a belief is just something that we've said enough times, something said it to us enough times, and we believe it, or we say it enough times, and we believe it, compared to a fact, which, um, you know, can't be disputed, gravity, or something up, it's coming down, that's the way it is. So how do you even know what's, what's true, what's not, and what do you do with that? Well,
1: that is something, and it's, I feel like it's really one of the most underutilized tools. Um, it's talked about, but we often don't want to do it because it feels like we're throwing something else on our to-do list. But with journaling and having kind of this, this order in which we look back at things, you look at, you, you discover patterns in your life. And a lot of times it'll be patterns that are not working for you. And then it will lead you to the belief system that created that pattern. And I have, in one of my courses, I have something, uh, this exercise, it's actually really fun. It's called, um, it, where you kind of debunk that false truth. So you look for proof to the contrary. So if, for example, you believe that relationships end in cheating, in someone cheating. So either, you know, maybe you just decide to not, Look for a relationship. Maybe you're someone that then goes into a relationship and you decide to cheat because you feel like you know you'd rather not be the fool. So you're just going to go ahead and not take it seriously to begin with. It you know it manifests in different ways in different people. That could come from again you know getting together with your friends and them complaining about their relationship woes and and things that you hear in social media and but then you have to kind of stop and bring it back and look and say wait a minute my parents have been married you know, in a happy marriage for X amount of years. Oh, look at this couple over here. I know they, you know, they have a wonderful family or they have a wonderful setup or, you know what, maybe the relationship that I'm currently in is actually going really well and it actually feels good. Why should I sabotage it with these thoughts? So you always have to go against your your need and desire for confirmation bias. You always have to look for the things that can challenge what you think and what you hold as a truth, because that might show you that, hey, this is not a truth. This is a belief. There is a lot of evidence going against it. So I don't have to be this way. There are a lot of other options out here.
0: You know, this reminds me of the work of Byron Katie, where you ask yourself these, and I don't remember the four questions. I know everybody listening right now, they're like, oh, yeah, the four questions. And I don't remember exactly what they are. But I think they're, they're, it starts with is this true? Can Mm -hmm. I be sure that this is true? And I don't remember what the other two are. It was was, uh, incredible. Yeah. And the idea is just the line of questioning can Mm -hmm. unravel something. Because so often I think we don't question it. We just assume something is true or someone says something and we assume they know better than us. I'll never forget as a new mom, you know, years ago, I, you know, I was new to being a mom and I just assumed that anybody who had kids older than mine knew better than me and knew more than me. Yeah. And it's really interesting because it, it wasn't that it was true. It was just their experience. Exactly. And, and if we take the time to question it, Mm-hmm. You no, know, that's when we can find our, our own truth. So so th- is there a certain quest- line of questioning that would be helpful in, in your experience?
1: Um, in terms of questioning, it's more, the, it's more the journaling and just looking around. I'm very much an observer, a people watcher. So if you're someone, and this is huge, and I write this in my book as well, like you have to, journaling gets you into the habit of walking around with your consciousness switch flipped on Mm -hmm. because there are examples there are messages you know whether you believe in god or the universe that are constantly coming to you but we're just in in this state of autopilot and so consumed with being busy because we think a full schedule is going to equal fulfillment so we're just so busy piling on uh, you know half-hearted obligation after half-hearted obligation that we miss these signs but it doesn't have to be a specific line of questioning It just has to be walking around and learning to be more of an observer and learning to be a little bit more inquisitive as well. And I feel like, unfortunately, we're living in a time where, you know, we're kind of being trained to stay in our own lane. So if you think like this, you have to stay in your box over here. So we're actually kind of having that inquisitiveness, um, like forced out of us. And learning to stay within our confirmation bias and cling to it even harder than ever but it's really we don't do ourselves any favor especially when it comes to personal growth and just staying within that one you know frame of perspective that we have on something you have to get out and be an observer to whatever capacity you get out and can observe because nothing is going to break a false truth like seeing that proof to the contrary seeing wow there's there's another way of doing it so you have to just be an observer i used to sit in the park with just kind of a cup of coffee and just you know relax and watch after my run just for 10 15 minutes and just in 10 or 15 minutes of doing something like sitting on a park bench, you get so much information and insight watching
0: other people. You know, I remember, wasn't it Eckhart Tolle who sat on a bench for like two years? <laughs> so, <laughs> and look what happened to him. So that's, uh, so that's good. And, and, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned personal development. This is also why I am a huge proponent of never just learning from one person. Oh, yeah. you know, if you, if you only choose that one person to learn from it, you know, what happens if that person is a bit off, what happens if they're coming, you know, their perspective is coming through a skewed lens. What I really appreciate is learning from so many different types of people, but they're all saying the same thing in their own way, because then I can look and say, Oh, wow, you know what, you know, uh, Wayne Dyer said it this way, and Marianne Williamson said it this way, and Neil Donald Walsh said it this way, and Michael Beckwith said it this way, and, you know, and I get all my, the people that, that I read and follow and everything and say, oh, they're all kind of saying the same thing in yeah. such a different way, and then from there, and then mm-hmm. I mix it in with my own, and right. that becomes my truth.
1: Absolutely. And like you said, you then you get to pick and choose what parts of what they're each saying really resonates with you and your experience. But I have to say, I also don't, I don't overdose on it. I don't put myself into that world as much maybe as I I probably could, because I don't want to muddy the waters too much of my own just ability to sit back and reflect and have my own thoughts and ideas develop and really start to connect those dots. But I think that it it is great though to take a little bit from here and a little bit from there, and just you know whatever resonates, you hold on to that and use that to fuel your own kind of uh,
0: perspective. And that's such a great point too because sometimes we keep taking in taking in taking in and there's no room you know I, I i had this thing all all during the summer It was so nice i would go we would go to the beach every weekend and i would take a nice long walk it was about it really took me two hours and, and it was the most wonderful thing and this is what i did on the way there i would listen to something inspiring you know educational inspirational whatever it was listen 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 take in take in take in and then on the whole way back nothing my own thoughts purging letting go you know being open to to receiving whatever information i was supposed yeah. to learn and there was such a it worked out so beautifully because i'm such a you know i'm such a learner i just love learning and but i would take it in and then there would be that whole hour mm-hmm. just to undo and just to have no agenda and just see what shows up. And it's interesting because as powerful as it was with all the things I was learning, what I was receiving when I wasn't listening to anything was sometimes so much more, just so much more powerful. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing when you
1: can read something and it kind of creates that aha moment. But what makes those aha moments even, even stickier and even more just incredible is when you kind of come to it on your own when you take a little bit of that and like you said you kind of let it simmer and then just you know you're having your own thoughts and then just boom this amazing you know this amazing thing just kind of happens and really i've i've gone into sessions where i you know the next morning have woken up hysterical crying because in a dream you know kind of brought up something that i had not remembered or hadn't been in touch with in so long but something reminded me of it and then I woke up and it just felt like huge weight off of me where I just felt like, oh my gosh, I finally get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's important to let things in, be a receiver and, and be good at processing as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So get, getting back to betrayal, is there a type of betrayal you feel is harder maybe to overcome than another?
1: I, I do. I think that by far the most difficult form of betrayal to bounce back from is self-betrayal. I think that we betray ourselves worse than anyone could. And it could stem from having been betrayed by someone or other people. But when we continue that pattern of self-betrayal and self-sabotage, it really kind of, um, it drives it home. It it, it kind of sticks within your being. It gets into your psyche and it stays there. And, you know, I I talk a lot about intuition and doing what's best for you intuitively. We are so bad at connecting to, listening to, and acting on our intuition. And once we get into this pattern of self-betrayal, we completely lose touch with it. And even when we kind of have that thing where you know something's wrong before you actually know it's wrong, we won't act on it, because we don't trust ourselves, because we are in a pattern of betraying ourselves. So we essentially, you're walking around in your own body and you can't trust the person that you are. You, I, you, you can escape from people that you don't trust. How do you escape yourself though yeah. when you betray yourself on a regular basis?
0: So how do you know? That you're betraying yourself?
1: It could be something as little as saying, you know what, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z tomorrow and not doing it. It could be something where you're in a relationship and you know, you're getting that gut feeling, this isn't right, something's not right, and never following up with that, waiting until it completely hits you over the head and knocks mm-hmm. you over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be constantly depending on other people to validate you. I actually recently had a situation where my high school ex called me because he's going through something with his family and he doesn't trust his own memories and his own intuition. And he was like, you were there for that. He was looking for validation Mm -hmm. rather than just acting on what he knows is his truth. So when you get your roots dug deep enough in self-awareness, you don't need the validation. It's a lot more difficult to manipulate a person that is um, strong in their self-aware awareness, you can't be victimized because you are standing firm in your truth. And it doesn't matter if anyone else sees or has lived or witnessed that truth.
0: You know, there's something that that seems to feel so safe and secure when you trust yourself. It's like the the very foundation, if you can't trust yourself, how, you know, of, of course, it's going to be so uncomfortable to make decisions. You'll second guess everything that you do. Wonder if what you're doing is in your best interest. It's almost like waiting, constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up?
1: I just wanna spread the message. I work one-on-one with clients on self-awareness and I call myself a self-awareness facilitator because I just wanna bring the message of self-awareness to everyone. I want you to know that if you are someone that is out there and you feel like you're settling for anything or if you feel like you don't have that empowerment, Uh, You know, the answer really lies, all of the answers lie within yourself. And how can you access those answers if you don't have self-awareness? The answer to the majority of your problems are right under your nose, but you have to get in there and understand the person, yourself, who those answers are within. And this way you can create whatever fulfillment it is that you need in your life to wake up every morning, not need an alarm blasting in your ear, not need five cups of coffee with five shots of espresso to get through the day, because you're living a life that you've created in self-awareness. It aligns with who you are. You're excited to get up and get your day started. And that's how I want everyone to live. Because I've gone from, you know, one side of the spectrum, depression, to being that person that gets up and looks forward to their day and literally everything that they do
0: in that day. And there's no reason that that everyone shouldn't feel like that. And you know, it's so, and I always find this, isn't it? Isn't it so clear when uh, someone is doing the work they're meant to do because they've been through it, they've traveled the path, they've learned the shortcuts, and now they just yeah. want to teach it to others. Uh, and alignment, you mentioned the word alignment. That's a huge thing. It's It's being congruent, you know, with what you say, with what you feel, with what you do. When it's all lined up, that's mm-hmm. flow. Then you're in that flow state and life is just, Moving with you. You're not yeah. constantly feeling like you're battling and swimming upstream. Um, yeah. Lisa, where can we go to learn more about you?
1: Oh, you can find me on my website, lisalatimer.com. From there, you can access my book, the blog, and podcast, with, which are both uh, per, uh, personal growth lifestyle. And, you know, and again, I do work with clients, but yeah, you can jump on there and
0: you can get to all my social links from there as well. Oh, terrific. Lisa, thank you so much. I think we're all much more self-aware and, uh, and we're going to take journaling a little bit more seriously. I know I get a tremendous amount of value every time I journal, uh, and I'm going to look at it with new, you know, new eyes. And, uh, so I just want to thank you so much. I know you shared a lot of insight and wisdom and, uh, my listeners totally appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. I love how Lisa talked about proving the contrary, where you might automatically think something. There's a belief that has you going down a certain path. Then you proactively journal and ask yourself questions to prove it's not true. This reminds me to reread the work by Byron Katie. I totally recommend it. Stay in touch with Lisa by going to lisalatimer.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at the forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. When it comes to boundaries, start by setting them for yourself first. This may be uncomfortable making new rules and agreements for yourself, but it's actually really important. Once you see you're able to set boundaries for yourself, whatever they are for you, then from that place can you begin to set them with others. Now, of course, having boundaries crossed and behaving from a lack of self-awareness can leave all kinds of cleanup that is needed in its wake. Don't worry, we gotcha. Take the Post-Betrayal Syndrome quiz, which you can find at thepbtinstitute.com Forward slash quiz, And have you checked out the PBT Institute membership community? Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best. Community, support, certified coaches and practitioners you could schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best all online. Nothing like this exists, and I am so excited to welcome you. Go to the pbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time, and here's to your breakthrough.